Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In Malibu. Right. And, and it gets, gets pretty hot and dusty. Bengal season will be year. fire, though. I think there's yeah. no doubt about it. I guess this is what we've been told. So, wait, you guys have the season uh, passes or what? Tickets? Bridget, yeah, the ben, tickets. What is a season pass? You, you go to every game? or, or go to or? every game, yeah. Wow. Oh, I think, are we live? That's a commitment. Is the show on? It's going to be. It's, uh, the, the, oh, the, I said uh, the timer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm your host, Daddy McDook. Oh, yeah. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji, yes. the electric smoji. Yes. John Oates Sheeran. And of course, we have HR, who needs no introduction because she was always the official Bengals representation. Everybody knows her name now, including but me. You. Well, let's see. Brandy Janowitz, everybody. No, Bridget yeah. Jenkins. Bridget Jenkins is the one and only. Look, we have so much to get to. We have three amazing guests amazing. today to cover all the things that the AFC North did in the draft to try to catch up with the Bengals, who are obviously... The they were like throwing dead bodies off the plane to make it lighter because yeah. it's hard to fly as high as we do. It is, but... Look, before we get to that, Courtney is not here, but she gave me very clear notes about what to talk about. And, you, and uh, hold on, you're not going to believe this one. I just want to make sure I get it right. But her newest podcast is hosted by none other than the man they are calling President Joe Biden. Wow. Yeah. And look, they came to him, they said inflation is out of control. Your ratings are low. You need to start a podcast. What do you want to call it? And they say he stood there and thought about it. And obviously the smartest and most powerful man in the world. And after contemplating, he said, what's a podcast? And so this, this meta kind of name that is challenging this new, let's say, platform of communication, what's a podcast? It is really going to ask all the important questions, and we're really looking forward to it, honestly. This so, reminds did me he ask what a podcast was, or is that the name of the podcast? I think it's both. Courtney, is, is Courtney not here? No, Courtney's okay. not here, but this is typical daddy of fascist propaganda. You should see the I stuff like he it. sends me. He texts meta. me stuff like that. It sounds better, but you see the stuff he texts me. Yeah, Sleepy Joe well, and all that. Okay, yeah, so we have to move on. Yeah. But obviously we want you to like and subscribe and comment and turn on notifications for the show. And get this, our first guest has 2 billion followers 
on. Yeah. It's yeah, that's that's like a on. fourth of the world's yeah. population. Right. Follows him and on Snapchat. Listen to this. He, he is, is the CEO of yeah. Snapback Sports. I'm talking about the great yeah. Mr. Jack Settleman. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. guy, look, this guy is a Ravens fan, but we have more love for him than basically anybody in the world. A sweetie yeah. pie. He's our therapist. Yeah. Welcome, Jack. Well, thank you sir. for having me back. Excited to be here. We are excited to have you. You have really raised the level of fame and notoriety in the room. It's basically me and you in terms of fame right now. I mean, you're more famous. Well, I'm older too. I've had time. Jack, look, we look to the Ravens and they had an injury a ravaged season. Okay, they, they have a great defense. They added a lot of great pieces in the draft to that defense. They have an MVP quarterback who is still doesn't have his contract. So it's not clear what they're going to do there. And uh, he lost his favorite receiver. And they, they really, I mean, they have Amari Cooper now. And they, wrong team, you know, wrong team. Oh, that's the Browns. So they don't have any receivers, basically. <laughs> so they haven't, right. they haven't replaced really. His mistakes are always intentional, Jack. That was not a slip of the tongue. Well, These basically, are, this Jack, is mind here's, games. Here's, so he, here's the question. He was trained by the Soviets. Here's the question, Jack. Are they going to just, is there, I know, I know that Lamar Jackson had a career year in terms of yards and passing and all that. If you go by per game basis and, and, but really, are they going to switch to a defensive running identity now? Is that how they plan on, on turning that corner and winning a Super Bowl? No, it's a passing league, so you're going to have to bring in wide receivers. You've got the best tight end in football in Andrews. You drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round. So it's a little overblown of what you're missing. No one was complaining last year. Well, some, some Chiefs fans were, but you had Hill and Kelsey. Now, Bateman is no Hill. Don't get it twisted. But they only had two weapons. So... When it comes to that, you know, you can force feed those guys the ball. I think we'll get Jarvis Landry. That's what it's starting to seem like where he'll want to play this season. So if you bring in Landry, they've drafted four other guys in rounds three through seven over the last few years, Duvernay, Prochet. Maybe they turn into something, but uh, the trade deadline is probably where you can snag, you know, a vet who's on the last year of his deal. You need a passing offense in the NFL. With all that being said, the Ravens are run first team. They queued up on their line, drafted a center. Stanley should be back in 2019 when Lamar was the unanimous MVP. I heard you mention MVP, but you didn't say unanimous ahead of it, which is required. No, we all, well, we all knew who he was. I mean, they, they made the name. It's just, it. it's, I don't know it's why just you're like unanimous. You, you say Jack My, Settleman, I say yeah. unanimous MVP. They just go together. Yeah, but usually yeah. when it's unanimous, it's because the, the reporter, what is it, uh, confidentiality? No, no, that's, anonym, that's so, anonymous. That's anonymous. Okay. Okay, okay, good. Anyways, yeah. in 2019, when Lamar Jackson was the unanimous MVP, they had a three tight end set that they absolutely adored. And so they drafted more tight ends, boils back from injury. They already have Andrews. So look for the Ravens to try and return to their roots with an improved Lamar as a passer and look for the Bengals to regress. Wow. Yeah. Well, Sorry, did that slip out? No, no, no because no, no. You, you kind of thing. flew out. Yeah. 
Well, and we caught it and yeah. are going to send it back. Has Lamar yeah. Jackson started like responding to his emails? Like, is, is he ready to play? No, 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 no. He's very active on Twitter, though. He's been in the community. Oh, He's been playing lacrosse. He, I think he was even at Chick-fil-A serving up some sandwiches. So uh, he's definitely it like, around. Yeah, it seems like he can do everything but, but throw the ball with accuracy. It's like he's a very dynamic <laughs> athlete, versatile athlete. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, the spam folder, he should probably check into that. But if you want a good piece of intel, uh, something really, really interesting that I found fascinating that I hadn't really considered. So Lamar Jackson, based off, you know, that that conversation we just had, based off the general reaction to Lamar not having signed a contract, would we all agree that it's framed negatively towards Lamar? Are we all in agreement for that? I am. Okay. I'm with you. So, yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize until someone pointed out to me the reason why the media, namely Rappaport or Schefter or the local media, is so keen on on pushing this in a negative light and this whole thing, the the chance that the Lamar Jackson could fumble one of the biggest contracts in NFL history is because if he does pull this off without an agent those NFL insiders, a.k.a. sources, will lose their access points, therefore deeming them essentially useless. For example, Adam Schefter cannot contact Lamar's agent to get the details of the deal. Why do I want to follow Adam Schefter on Twitter if he doesn't have the details of the deal? So really interesting, I just thought, to share. That's a good point. I, I, mean, I also, like that. Let's, let us think about this. You know that, that that's guys... almost a conspiracy theory. You <laughs> should love that. That's why we have Jack on the show. And that is why Jack, Jack, it, it can't be a conspiracy if 2 billion people believe in it, Hoji. Right. And that is Jack's audience. So anything Jack says but, is true. Yeah. But I will say this. I love that theory. And I will add to it. It's not just that they don't have access. It's that the people who give them access and their buddies and the, like, the, the way they've built up their empire is by you know, being buddies with these owners and these, you know, other people who are, let's say, taking the, the main cuts, if you will. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I look, I'm a, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. So I'm just joking when I talk about the accuracy. But we do want to see the Ravens fail. And they have a stacked roster. And they just made it more stacked. And they're healthy. And honestly, I'm a little worried that the games, you know, the Bengals would only defeat them by you know, single digits in one or two of the games. Because, no, I sweat about that at night, that the Ravens could be back. But, no, I'm just kidding. They're a great team. And, uh, you know, I, I really do think that they're going to have a bounce-back season. They, now, you yeah. know, they. I think what people were saying was that uh, they needed to strengthen the edge of rushing. Right. Right. And did they? No. I mean... It's David. <laughs> it's David Ojabo. Is that the answer? No, I mean, they they did not. Yeah. The the funny thing is about the Ravens. They get a lot of love for being one of the best organizations in football. Everyone a plus a plus a plus on the draft because they got super valuable picks. You know, you get Ojabo, who would have been a top fifteen player off an Achilles, which has now become a shorter injury. You get Kyle Hamilton, who at some points was a mocked at you know, a top five player and everyone thinks Lyndon Baum is going to be like a Hall of Famer on day one. So they get excited about the Ravens. 
But then when you look at the cost and what he's done over the last few years, there's glaring holes at the wide receiver position, at the edge position. And no, they didn't address that at all. So new defensive coordinator hopefully can make some changes. But pass rush and, you know, wide receivers that can get open have been the two biggest things holding the Ravens back over the last two years. And on the flip side, because we, we are talking about matchups with the Bengals, the Bengals were armed and ready and last year and this year, my lord. I mean, that team is... Okay, all right. The, se- the second matchup, I don't even care that Josh Johnson played. He actually played pretty well. He was great. Yeah. The- Daddy-o, you and I could have ran routes against those Baltimore corners. Um, well, first matchup, first matchup, Jamar gave Marlon... You overestimate you know, so- Daddy-o's running. <laughs> yeah, you should see his legs. Well, yeah. the thing is... Very no, short and is- hairy. Well, the thing about grass is that it is... It is the thing, my shoes get caught in it because actually I'm not that big. He and wears so little ballerina, get, like shiny shoes. Well, it, yeah, but yeah, I get your point. I get your point that Marlon Humphrey, uh, they need to upgrade their cornerbacks because he got burned by Jamar Chase in that first game. Is that what you were saying? That is everybody what I'm gets, saying. Everybody yeah. gets burned so, by Jamar. Look, look. Yeah, I, I mean, look. I, no, I think it's going to be closer. I don't want to do too much trash talking because uh, the Ravens, uh, it's just that the Ravens, did to us what we did to them last year and the previous year. So it, it felt good. It really felt good. You know that first Ravens? I don't remember. It was the first or the fourth or the fifth. I don't remember. The first Ravens blowout that we had, it was, that was like our coming out party. That's when we yeah. all knew this team, this team has very high upside. But we didn't know they'd go deep in the playoffs because, you know, we were still hovering around 500 for a lot of the year. But, yeah. okay, look, I want to talk about the Steelers and... I don't think our guest is here, and uh, that could be on account of the intimidation factor of having a Bridget on the show, who is yeah. not the, the biggest Steelers fan. And, I thought uh, the Steelers fans might still be hiding after that Kenny Pickett pick. Well, that's what we want to talk about, John. But who wants is, to talk about Kenny Pickett? I can understand that, you know. Well, they took two quarterbacks in the draft. They picked up picked up Mitch Trybuski, and uh, they didn't draft him. They didn't draft yeah, him, right. but they added about four or five quarterbacks because they needed to replace the weight of Ben Roethlisberger, right? I mean, just not, forget his impact on the field, but it takes four quarterbacks to replace that hole, and and really. Uh, and, and also the, the, diet, the dietary department at the Steelers facility was worried they would be out of jobs. So they brought in enough quarterbacks to basically keep business running. But John, what are they doing? What are the Steelers doing? Do they think they have a solution in Pittsburgh with any of these guys? I think the Steelers are in constant denial of their state of affairs because they haven't experienced losing in quite a long time. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season, and that's why he's renowned as one of the five or ten best coaches in the NFL. But they would prefer to go in to a season with Mitch, with Mitch Trubisky at, as their quarterback instead of just completely recognizing that their team is clearly the fourth best in the division, and it's probably best to focus on just going all out and improving the team for the long term. That's just never really been their style in the past 60 50 years they've always been competitive they've they've always found a way to make it work and i think in their minds this guy from pittsburgh kenny pickett is their next solution and he may not be that guy this year in their minds but i think their overall plan is for him to develop quite like ben roethlisberger did 
as a young quarterback and their draft I think it was pretty solid for the most part George Pickens in the second round was a, was a decent pick to Marvin Leal I think is a good piece on that defensive line considering he's more of a 34 defensive end Calvin Austin the receiver out of Memphis he was really productive there and they've developed receivers really well so I think that their draft was solid their team is going to I think it's still going to be competitive in a lot of games it's just a matter of when you're dealing with the Bengals the Ravens and a Browns team that might have Deshaun Watson for a full season there's just not a lot of hope at least this year for them maybe it's kind of like you know the whole Blake Bortles thing right you get someone who's good enough and you you it's not i thought you meant it's going to be a disaster Blake Bortles I don't a, think Blake Bortles was a disaster. He was a terrible quarterback who took him to the AFC Championship. That's what well, they need. He went. He was technically he made the flight to the AFC Championship. No, but to Hoji's point, like they still went there with him, and like yeah. that, he threw for like that, eighty yards a game. That, no, but, the, the, but, that, but that's the point. That, that's that the disillusions point. people, right? It makes them yeah, see, yeah, oh, yeah, he was right. there, so he can be a solution, but he wasn't. Right, he was not. Well, guess what? We have a guest. For the Cleveland Browns. Oh yes, and not Can I just ask a you guest. A quick question, Daddy O. Just so a lot has been made or joked about about Kenny Pickett's hand size, and people said the same thing about microscopic. Joe it, well, they said oh. the same thing about Joe Burrow. It's different. What, it's different. Well, yeah, it's different. because it's different. for Joe I, Burrow, curious, it's an asset. It? Well, because Joe Burrow, he see he uses his hands to basically be more appealing yeah. and charismatic and it's petite versus small it's petite versus small right but Burrow's hands are petite yeah Pickett's hands I, are small uh, maybe an answer from a non-puppet i don't know i don't i don't know Kenny yeah. Pickett in, in his pittsburgh career and he was there for a long time he fumbled the ball 26 times right. this is a guy who and joe burrow's never fumbled he wears two is that gloves already of the on his hands. The, 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 the gloves were designed to make sure that he holds on to the ball, and he still fumbled it over two dozen times. I don't believe Joe no. Burrow fumbled the ball very much no, at LSU. Never. Or and there's the, this, the NFL. Th- there is this imaginary threshold of a nine-inch hand that right. I think NFL evaluators use, and Burrow was just at nine inches. And Pickett right. went from eight and a quarter to like eight yeah. and a half in a matter yeah. of two weeks. Probably wasn't. But they have problem. surgery. They break your bones and then they heal and then they're longer and all that. But I mean, it's it's not it's not the same. It's really not the same. But I want to say this: we when I think about the Cleveland Browns, I think oh, yeah. of two things. I think of the 0 and 16 season, which was yep. the most Brown season ever, and I think Beautiful. of Chris McNeil who celebrated that Chris season. Chris Mc and Chris McNeil is like my favorite Browns personality in the world. Love the guy. And he is here to join us today. He's in the car, obviously. And, but, but look, so Chris- But McKinney, is he here? Is he in the he parade right here. now? Is that he why he's in the here. car? Yeah, he's is here. still going on? No, no, no. What happened, so they had the parade, and then the team, basically, they, their brain team got together, and they tried to figure out what to do with the number one pick, and they made a very bold move in picking up Baker Mayfield, and they say it was a homeless man who made the pick, who made the official pick. And basically then the Browns were back in it. They were back in the playoff hunt. And Chris, are you there? Are you with us? I am, can you guys hear me? We can hear hear you, Chris. Did you hear me go off the road there a little bit? No, but that's okay, that's okay, Chris. You go wherever you want to go. As long as you're on our show, we're happy. Yeah. (laughs) I was so, just off the road a little bit. 
I'm back on it. It's, it's kind of like my Browns, you know, we're kind of all over the road, you know, never know what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, uh, basically well, doing the same thing right now on the roads. Well, I want what what's your yeah. gut say, Chris, what's your gut say about this year? Well, hold on. I, I want to ask well, Chris something. I want to ask him real quick. Well, let, 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 let yeah. me ask my question first. Well, well you, you, you know the way this works. I mean, we won the offseason once again. We got our guy. We're all set. I mean, just like every offseason, I feel really good going into it. And I, uh, I, I'm sure it's going to turn out well for us. Like, it always does. Well, Chris, let me ask you something. So, look, the Browns, obviously, they have a quarterback who might be the most hated player in the league. Everybody's rooting against this guy, even though he was pretty good not that long ago. And, and then they go out and they add Deshaun Watson. So, <laughs> so what, well the, thing about, the thing about Baker Mayfield is he brought a lot of hope, you know, but then he got browned is what I would say. I mean, he's yeah. not a bad quarterback, but it was like all of a sudden the negativity and the self-doubt and all that stuff seemed to overwhelm him. And he was on a stacked roster. He had some injuries. He's had some problems. But then I don't know what happened where everybody turned against him. Was this just something you think they were holding inside and not letting out? And then, you know, after basically they found a, a better quarterback, they, you know, because they have people back stabbing him all the time now. Well, you have that one theory that there was some latent hate for Baker Mayfield because of the whole planting the, the flag at the midfield of Ohio Stadium against Ohio State. You know, obviously, we're all a lot of Ohio State fans here. Uh, but I don't know. I don't put, lay, lend much credence to that. I, I think it's more so that we were so eager for a quarterback that could lead us to the promised land that that one playoff game made us feel so good. And then to see how far he fell, I mean, in that Texans game, after he got injured, not only did he injure his shoulder, but, you know, after that, he looked like a completely different guy. I mean, you look at the All-22 film on him, and he very clearly was missing guys. Uh, you know, OBJ's dad pointed out so eloquently over social media, as we do these days, about everything that he was missing on the field. And I don't think there was any doubt about that. So uh, the fans, you know, there's certainly plenty of, of Baker bros left that are still supporting him. But uh, I, I think people are starting to line up behind Deshaun Watson and seeing that, you know, this is an upgrade for Cleveland. It's an upgrade at the quarterback position, the most important position on the field. And uh, there's a good chance that he's going to lead us a lot farther than what Baker did in the past. Well, if he gets on the field. So is there any if. sort of update about, is that John, is there any chance he gets suspended this year or will it be, is it too late? Chris might be more in tune on that. I think it has to do with just the legal process and if the NFL can actually like take action with it based off of where it's at. So wh where are we at with that, Chris? Yeah, you got the civil suits right now, which looks like they've been pushed off until the end of the season. So uh, that has a lot of people thinking that maybe we're not going to see any kind of a suspension for Deshaun Watson. I, being the uh, experienced Browns fan, am still expecting at least half the season for for Deshaun Watson not to be out there just because that's the way this, this stuff normally goes for us. Um, and, hey, you know, chances are we're going to have Baker Mayfield rolling the ball out there all pissed off um, for about about eight games there at the beginning of the season, the way these things normally go. But, no, I, I mean, the latest news out of Cleveland and out of Berea 
and really out of the league office is it's looking like Deshaun Watson could be playing all 17 games this season, God yeah. willing. And if, 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 if he yeah. does, if he does, Chris, and I know it's hard to believe, I know it's hard to have hope as a Browns fan, but if he does, this is one of those elite players who can really change things. What do you think about that? Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, well, you've already got Nick Chubb back there, which I don't know if you guys saw the video of him this week. He's unstoppable. You know, Benching 665 pounds in a squat. I mean, just yeah. incredible. I mean, this guy, and, and he never says anything either. He's, like he's an not Avenger. one of those guys who's going to get into trouble in the locker room. He's just one of those lead-by-example guys out of the backfield. You got that. You got a good line. You had Amari Cooper in the offseason. Um, you know, I really like our chances offensively. And then we did some upgrades on the defense as well. We'll see what we do in that off-defensive end, whether Clowney comes back. There seems to be more momentum with that, especially considering that Jarvis Landry now seems destined to leave for sure. So it looks like we may uh, free up some some money there to, to bring back Clowney, put him at the opposite defensive end, opposite Miles Garrett, uh, as he was last Yeah, I mean, so uh, year. Chris. That's more stability up there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you... so really, I both bench both. And then we, we went, and I don't know if anybody else noticed, the most, I said that quarterback was the most important position on the field but really for the browns it's kicker we have not been able to find the predecessor to phil dawson to really take the mantle in cleveland and i believe we may have finally done that drafting york out of lsu this guy can kick the ball like 80 yards it's incredible uh never of course kicked in the in the type of temperatures and the type of uh you know uh snow and everything else we get in cleveland but I'm eager to see this guy hopefully kick late into December, into January, and uh, on towards the Super Bowl. So feeling pretty good about all three facets of the game right now as a Browns. Yeah, but I mean, look, so much of it hinges. I mean, you've probably been studying law the past few months since you got to Sean Watson, <laughs> the way that I had my team study anatomy after Joe Burrow tore eight ligaments in his knee. Sure. I mean, you have, you have a lot riding on that. And really, nobody, I don't even know if anybody knows who they drafted other than the kicker, the Browns, because, you know, it's all about if Watson plays, if, you know, he gels and all that kind of a stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, I can look, tell you, Chris, from experience, my, my girlfriend's right now going through a trial. What? You got to cry on the stand. Well, well that's the way to do it, right? I, I mean, yeah. we've been watching this Johnny Depp stuff, right? You guys have been following that? The Amber Closely. Heard stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm looking that if we actually do get do get to trial, that at least we have some entertainment value. Obviously, this is some pretty pretty uh, heady stuff that he's dealing yeah. with, um, yeah. you know. And I don't want to make light of that, but but yeah. at the same time, you know, it's going to keep him off the field. I think at some point for us in Cleveland, yeah. And uh, whether it's this year or next year, it, it, it could happen. And like you said. We went from being, you know, the upstarts of the, the Cubs of the world, you know, Boston Red Sox, to being what the Cubs are now, to what the Red Sox are now in terms of the fan base. People have turned against us pretty strong here yeah. in Cleveland pretty quickly. And uh, I don't expect that to turn back anytime soon. Yeah, well, I, I do think you're going to send shockwaves around the league this year. I really do. So Hopefully we'll in see. a good way. Yeah, yeah we'll see. But look... Let's get to the Cincinnati Bengals, and we're going to try to wrap this up very fast, but we're going to talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals, and then do, I want to get your prediction, predictions, Jack and Chris. Uh, but look, the Bengals, everybody's calling them 
the Legion of Zoom now because they added three people to the defensive backfield that run. They, they can do the 40-yard dash in, in, in 3.4 seconds, John. Is that right? They have three guys who, who are doing A little bit slower than that, a little bit. No, that would be but like they, a Tesla. But or... look, they added three guys like that to arguably the best safety tandem in the league in Von Bell and Jesse Bates. And really, what they're doing is it's a very modern approach where they don't have the best pass rush. They don't have the beefiest defensive line, but they are going to they are going to disrupt, you know, receivers and quarterbacks with their playmaking ability. And uh, John, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's fitting that we have a representative of the Ravens and the Browns here because the drafting of guys like Dax Hill, Tyson Anderson, you can throw Cam Taylor Britt in there too, I think is a direct reflection of where the AFC North is and where it's going with the dynamic quarterback talent that is there. And you need guys who can play multiple spots in the secondary to not only cover up with some of these tight ends and these wide receivers, but also crash down and maybe contain some quarterbacks as they go out of the, out of the pocket. I think the great thing with Dax Hill is he embraces the positionless nature of who he is as a player. And going forward, he's very willing to continue evolving in whatever role that the Bengals give him. So, yeah, he might be the backup nickel slot, um, free safety, strong safety, but he's going to get on the field 25, 30 snaps a game because of that athleticism and the skill set that he has. And that was really the basis of the entire draft. You're not going to have a ton of instant impact guys outside of him and Taylor Britt. He only had six players, and none of them are really going to be starters outside of maybe Taylor Britt. But the speed and the infusion of athleticism in an already solid defense, I think, makes the defense even more compatible to match up against the offenses of the AFC North. It, it's not the same division anymore as it was only like five, ten years ago. It's it's evolved to a, a, a spot where you know you have to be very flexible and very moldable with what you do on a week to week basis. And now the defense is pretty much set up to do that. Yeah, no. and and it's almost I almost felt like. And, and I don't know how Jack feels about this. The Bengals' defense was designed around Lamar Jackson. It was kind of like the anti-Ravens defense. That's the, that was the yeah. design of the defense in a lot of ways, and it paid off. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, thank you for that breakdown, John. Uh, obviously, everybody here is, uh, you know, following the Bengals very closely. Everybody wants to see them fail. And I want to get to the predictions. And uh, Jack... How is the AFC North going to play out? How will the AFC North play out? I think the Ravens have the advantage from a scheduling purpose. The Steelers, I think we can all agree, and they didn't even represent themselves, so they can't protect themselves today. They're the fourth best team in the division. They'll still be dangerous. You're not going to want to go to Pittsburgh on a Sunday into Heinz on that crappy turf that they have and play there. But... I think over the course of 17 games, they'll finish in the basement. Unfortunately for my good friends here, I see Cincinnati going in as the three in the AFC North. Now, that doesn't mean they missed the postseason, but a couple of reasons why. One, like you said, it's not like you guys won 14 games last year and you destroyed everyone. You're going to play a first-place schedule. The division got a lot tougher. Lamar and the Ravens are healthy and back. Two games that you won last season. So I have you in at the third spot. 
I'm going to go with with Cleveland at two, but I think it's going to be a super competitive division. Everyone's talking about the AFC West. I think the AFC North is actually a way better division, way more competitive, and we're going to beat each other up way more than those teams will. So while it's bragging about the North, it's actually a bad thing because it's just going to leave us all at like a 10 and 7, 11 and 6 record. But I think the Ravens healthy. There was a point last year, 8 and 3. Lamar was the MVP of the league, and he did it with about half his starters. So bring those guys back, hopefully get someone like Jarvis Landry to, to key up the wideouts. And I think now we talk playoffs. What Joe Burrow did last year, Lamar hasn't touched. Neither has Deshaun Watson, really. And definitely not Mitchell Trubisky. So come playoff time, you know, I can't say Lamar's the guy, but in the regular season, there's no one who's been better than Lamar Jackson when it comes to winning football games. So yeah. I'm excited yeah, I mean, for yeah. Jack, Jack, in your scenario, so Deshaun is playing, if you put the Browns at the second. I, I think I think Watson's going to play. I also think they have the best roster plus QB in the league. So we saw last year, I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know, similar to us playing wide outs against those Ravens corners, like they, Baker Mayfield was nothing and they were still squeaking out games. So I think they can manage to win a few games. If he, I would think six is the max that he sits out um, based off what I'm hearing. But yes, that prediction is based on Watson being there for at least the majority of the season. Yeah. Well, Chris, could we get your prediction, please, for the FC North? How to play out? Is he here? Is Chris here? Chris McNeil. Off road again. <laughs> All right. We are hoping and praying you're okay, Chris McNeil. Okay, let's go to Bridget. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, Chris, we can there hear you, sir. Yeah, we can hear you. We need your prediction for the AFC North. What's going to happen? I'm this sorry, season? I just went to a dead spot. That's okay. We hope it is not a sign of things to come for the Browns. <laughs> is it a permanent dead spot? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, yeah, back. I think I've only got like a minute. So can Whoa. I give you my rundown right now, the AFC North real quick? Go, start. We're now. ready. We're ready. Go. Okay. I'll give you number one. The Ravens. See the ascension once again of the Ravens to number one, unfortunately, as much as it hurts me. I agree with the Cleveland Browns at number two. I like Deshaun Watson to play all season long this year. If for some reason it's not Deshaun Watson, I reserve the right to change that pick. I'd like at number three, I'm going to go with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to take a step back. I think that they're pretty juiced after last year. You see what happens to Super Bowl losers. Uh, the year afterwards, they always take a step back, and I think the Bengals are going to be in that boat. And I've been predicting the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers for, what, about 20, 30 years. Uh, I think we're finally going to see it this year. They're going to be in the basement of the AFC North with their uh, small-handed quarterback. So that's the way I look at the AFC North. You've got the Ravens one, the Browns two, the Bengals three, and then the Steelers in the basement. The hate. I feel like the hate for the Bengals is hurting my heart. Yeah. Well, I think I can speak okay. for Bridget and John and Hoji without mansplaining, as they say, with their predictions. I don't know. Or do you want to go ahead and share those? I can us? share mine. I won't uh, justify them 
got Bengals number one, Ravens number two, and I think that's what we'll see. My prediction is that's uh, maybe for the next two or three years, they'll trade spots at the top of the AFC, but Bengals one, Ravens two, Browns number three, Steelers number four. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down and agree with Bridget, and I want to just give a quick explanation as to why, and it's a response to Jack. Because, Jack, you are right. This was not the team last year that won a bunch of games that was tuned to perfection and made it to the Super Bowl in that way. And that is why when a team is tuned to perfection and then loses the Super Bowl, they regress. But this team kind of got lucky. Just hitting right? its stride, yeah. They were a clutch team. They're hitting its stride. Is a team that was in the clutch every game that mattered and lost a lot of games that didn't matter. And I think that's a sign that what you were seeing was a team on the ascent and this year is going to be an explosion of victory and it's going to be all over our faces, it's going to be all over our shirts, it's going to be an explosion all over the place, it's going to be all over Cleveland, it's going to be all over the Steelers and the right. Browns and everybody going to see the explosion. Right. Okay. And John? I think... The one thing I'm confident in this prediction is that somehow, some way, the Steelers will not be last, just because that that team just doesn't die, and a lot of things can happen from now until January. Injuries will happen, random regression will happen, but somehow the Steelers will still carve out eight or nine wins somehow, some way. Honestly, they only they kind of upgraded at quarterback this year, so I mean it's it's all relative. I, I think yeah. the Ravens probably have the best chance of being one. But I don't foresee the Bengals falling like below eight wins necessarily because I, I do agree that when, when, you, when you talk about regression for a team that just went to the Super Bowl, I think you have a point there. Like The Bengals, while they were good enough to get to the Super Bowl, I don't think they've necessarily gotten worse. And I don't think there's a lot to say that what they did last year isn't going to translate because the things that they did well are typically very stable. So it's going to be really close in this division. I think the Ravens probably have the best team. So I'm going to say that they, that they finish one for now, and it'll be Cleveland and, and Cincinnati battling for two and three with probably a good chance of three teams making the playoffs. Or, or I'm sorry, the, the Steelers battle between two and three because that's just kind of what they do. Yeah, well, if you're asking me, I'm. it, it, it really bothers me to say this. It pains me to say this. Yeah. But I do think the Bengals, yes, they're going to have a letdown season. I do see that happen. Unfortunately, meanwhile, the Steelers are going to be a step ahead, as John said. They're going to be a step ahead. The Ravens are going to have a bounce-back season. And the Browns, like I said, are going to send shockwaves to the league. Let me explain. The Bengals, first in the division, Super Bowl victory. The other three teams out of the playoffs. That, that's my prediction. Wait, what's the letdown? I don't understand. You got to explain every single. Okay, okay. So you got okay. So I forgot. Uh, yes, they're going to let down their hair, and it's going to be an offensive explosion. They last year they no. really, if you look, especially in the playoffs, they never got going offensively, no. and that was the offensive line. And we have these incredible receivers for now until we have to pay them like eighty million dollars each. But we have them for now, and we have Joe Burrow, who's I mean he's like a combination of. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady Jesus. or something. I mean, he yeah. just, yeah, I mean, he can pick apart the defense with his brain, but he also has the leadership and toughness and charisma. And 
and so I think offensively they're going to take off. They're going to score maybe three, four, five more points a game, and and in the playoffs we're going to see them also. So let down the hair. Yeah. You say let down the let down the hair. Okay. Why? I thought that was obvious. No, it wasn't. Now Steelers, you said they're a step ahead. I'm guessing there is some. Because they're going to be a step ahead meaning. of the no, they're going to be a step ahead in the draft process because they're going to be out of the, the contention it. about halfway through the season and they can focus on the draft. That's what yeah, yeah. And the Ravens are going to bounce back and out of the playoffs. Oh, so the it's a bounce. Browns, it's like right. when you bounce off the trampoline into right. the garbage. And yes, and the Browns are going to send shockwaves with their stink. As shockwaves, like as when stink when waves, with, yes, stink waves with the loud yeah. sounds that they're emitting from I don't know where, but they're the Browns, so you figure it out. A shark, okay. so to speak. Look, enough with the predictions. I know Jack has to go. I mean, really, a third of the world's population is waiting for their next instructions on what to do. What Jack, to buy, if you ever what... start a cult, we are in. Right. Here but it does. Us... We have a final segment, Daddy Cares, which is Bridget's segment, which actually counts as my community service, which is why we have this segment. Go ahead, Bridget. All right, so we're gonna keep this short. I know this has been a longer show, but it's been a tremendous show. So, you know, these are our PSAs. We try to do good for all of our listeners. So May is Healthy Vision Month. And I want to share some data with all of you. So only one out of every seven preschoolers receive an eye exam. We all know how important vision care is. Not a lot of people get uh, vision screenings or eye health exams. I know I haven't gotten one in a long time. But also an estimated 11 million Americans, 11 million could see better with corrective lenses if they had a vision screening. And we actually have a clip about how serious this is. So could you roll, could you roll that clip? There. <laughs> All right, we, you tell me. so here. That's what they called. Yes, it is. Wow, in a game where there have not been that. This is what happens when you do not have a vision screening. You make BS <laughs> holding calls on Logan Wilson in the Super Bowl. And so we at the number one bed and goals podcast on belief are promoting healthy vision month. I hope that ref was able to get a vision screening after the Super Bowl um, and get those corrective lenses. Oh, uh, so gosh. if uh, if you are able, um, get your vision screening and to promote good eyesight, eat healthy leafy greens like kale, carrots, um, I'll promote good eyesight, get regular eye exams, wear sunglasses um, or uh, safety goggles when you're doing anything that uh, might impact your eyes. And most importantly, the number one thing you can do if you want to uh, get a vision screening, promote good eye health is don't work here because you won't get vision insurance. Okay, and... yeah, we get the point. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, here's the thing. I, look, I appreciate that and I'm going to look into it because honestly, I, when I went to get glasses, I told them, you know, whatever prices they threw at me, I said, that's too much, that's too much. And they finally, they gave me these. But the thing is, I don't think they helped me at all. Like I can't no. see any better now than I did before. I got my glasses. So I know well, how important it is. Not yeah. on your face. No. Quite, and right? in and fact, that, there is no glass in them. 
I think that was the problem. They sold you frames, Dadio. See, what happens is you paid for the frames, and then you have to pay more money, which you would probably refuse to pay. I'm guessing this is what happened, to put glass in the glass. Yeah, I don't understand why I need the extra glass layer. If I have the, you're right. I mean, they call these the glasses. I, I don't know. They seemed, I thought no. it was a ripoff, but I will, yeah. No. All right, look, here's the thing. Jack, as you can, you can send this out to your, to your uh, followers that they can go to patreon.com slash sports and support the show or to vino.app slash sports and get a direct line to us. Thank you, Herbert. And also, look, we just had a gentleman named P. Crawley513 put drop $5 in the super chats. I love the super chats because really a lot of people think talk is cheap, that a speech is free, but it's not. You have to, if you want your message out there, Jack knows better than anybody, you, you have to put in the time, you have to put in the money. And so the people who, who do the super chats, they, they're, my, they're my best friends. And so you can do that, you can become a member here or on the other places we said. Any final words before we let Jack go? We, and Chris had to step out, yeah. Well, I would just ask for our fans to put their predictions in the YouTube comment section because I want to know what you think. And don't just put who you think, but who put why you think. Right, yes, thank you. And look, make sure you check out Jack everywhere, on Twitter, on Snapchat. Oh, on they Snapchat already have. Sports. Everybody's following Everybody, Jack. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anybody who's seen that, his isn't his seen. isn't his at just Jack on Twitter at Jack? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a yeah. lot of people tag him, uh, yeah. and they just want him his help on Twitter. Just policies. at Jack. Yeah. Yep. So there you go, and make sure you read the John's articles, John. and and also remember to feel guilty about things for Bridget. For Bridget, yes. And that is uh, say your prayers at night so you get forgiveness for all the things you did wrong that Bridget is going to blame you for because that's what HR does exactly exactly alright so I'm Daddy McDoug and that is John Oat Sheeran and Hoji the Electric Esmoji we will see yeah. you next time don't forget to subscribe like comment turn on notifications and check out the number one Bengals podcast on iPhones or whatever it's called, the podcast place. So long, the sweetie pies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.